Hello and welcome back to Restaurant Planet Podcast with me, your host, Jack Cole. So today I'm joined by Sophia Castillo y Tegel from Conservation Optimism, who's going to tell us a little bit about the organisation, what it is that they do. So welcome, uh, Sophia. So start by telling us a little bit about your background and where the idea for the network came from. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jack. It's great to be here and be able to kind of talk a little bit um, about conservation optimism and the work that we've um, done over the years. Uh, so yeah, um, I suppose I can start a little bit about my my background. Um, I am the interim director for conservation optimism currently. Um, so we became an official charity recently, uh, and our kind of um, I guess like I'll remit a little bit. One of one of our volunteers came up with this is like a movement and mindset for nature and people. So the idea being to sort of focus on solutions and maintaining energy and community and finding and amplifying what works within conservation rather than focusing on the threats. Um, but yeah, sort of in terms of where I'm coming from, I grew up between Mexico and England. Uh, I have a background in marine ecology and conservation research, uh, but also doing some more creative stuff like films and writing and comedy. Uh, my undergrad was in biology and photojournalism. Uh, I did a master's in biodiversity conservation and management, and then did a PhD in zoology at Oxford with EJ Monlegarland, who was the founder of Conservation Optimism. So yeah, I got involved with the movement when it started in 2016 when EJ sort of initially had the idea of really needing to be sort of connecting up lots of people within conservation in order to talk about what's working um, build a sense of community and um, sort of up the positivity and sort of try to maintain hope as much as possible um, so conservation optimism started it was initially meant to be a one-off summit so it was like a, a conference that happened in early 2017 i think it was april 2017 and the idea was to bring lots of people together um share stories of success and do that not only with academics who are the people who usually attend conferences maybe but also including people like artists um, people who are working at ngos government um kind of conservationists from different backgrounds and that initial conference just went so well like people seemed to really enjoy it and then the movement started building on social media uh we had a second summit and became a charity last year so yeah it's it's growing <laughs> brilliant and um tell me a little bit about what makes conservation optimism slightly different from perhaps other groups obviously in the name optimism um so could you talk break down a little bit the sort of the ethos and the motivation behind it and the kind of broader message that you're trying to, to spread? Absolutely. So, I mean, I think it's apparent to anyone who works in conservation or cares about nature and the environment that we're facing some pretty big issues. Um, we have species declining, we have ecosystems being lost, um, and conservation can be effective, but maybe uh, we kind of want to be scaling up our efforts. Um, and it can be really overwhelming to be surrounded by this sense of doom and gloom. Um, there can be a very strong focus sometimes on threats rather than solutions. And so we really want to kind of amplify those solutions and try to figure out what's working. Um, 
essentially um conservation can be sometimes also a bit of a narrow place and so it's not necessarily that inclusive uh our sort of goals overall is that we really want everyone to feel empowered to act for nature um we'd love to see lots of stories shared of what's going on the things that are working the things that maybe haven't worked but we can learn from and really be trying to sort of replicate successes as well whenever whenever possible we'll contribute to that in some way uh we do lots of we work in lots of different ways so for example we have uh, a presence on social media we have a blog which for example you've written to written for um we hold webinars we have a film festival every year which features short films and hopeful stories um we have a podcast as well which is currently on pause um we have a network called conservation now which organizations can join who share this ethos of wanting to kind of be positive within conservation we also have hubs in india pakistan and ghana so those are groups that were started up by people in those countries who believe in the ethos of conservation optimism and want to bring it to their contexts um we do a bit of research on successes in conservation and positive communication and we also work to help people tell their stories effectively so doing some capacity building around positive communication and what different effects does uh sharing positive message have from negative message it's an interesting question sorry more rather than just negative but coming with the kind of the idea of you know being optimistic of course we're going to get there we're going to find solutions let's come together let's feel good about this as opposed to it's the end of the world it's the apocalypse uh you know run for the <laughs> hills hope it's not the apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> i hope it's not the apocalypse right of course of course but what different effects do these different types of messaging have on people it's a great question we did a bit of work on this last year so we published a paper and that was kind of a literature review looking at lots of different uh work that had been done in uh climate change communication and um just sort of around messaging in general and i think that one thing to say is that in positive communication or like optimistic messaging it doesn't mean that everything that you're saying has to be positive right like and all of us are working in conservation like we know that we're facing big problems we know that there's a lot going on that isn't like the world right now doesn't look like what we want it to look like and that is okay to acknowledge it's important to accept uh that yeah that that things are difficult right now but the ethos behind positive uh communication and messaging is that moving from awareness to action requires more than just providing information about threats because when you do that it can actually be kind of disempowering and overwhelming to whoever is receiving that messaging and especially if they're receiving it kind of as an onslaught over and over again. And so using these tools around positive communication messaging can help people develop productive collaborations, relationships, um have better conversations and ultimately trigger some actions to help address the biodiversity crisis. So when we're looking at what for example what is positive communication or what is positive messaging it contains overall kind of four elements right like this is what we put forward in that paper um first of all it's a clear description of the issue at hand along with 
some possible paths or actions that can be taken at the individual level for whoever happens to be reading this, considering audience appropriate context and language. So you wouldn't necessarily talk to everybody the same way. Um, and you want to be thinking about what's already in your audience's head in order to make sure that what you want to say to them is getting there. Um, and then the last thing is to try to avoid disempowering emotions. And emotions, so we do say in the paper, like that, I think there was a quote from someone who I can't remember exactly right now, who just said like, emotions aren't simple levers, right? Like, it's not like I can be like, sadness will make you act like this, or happiness will make you act like this. But overall, from the literature, we can see that there are certain types of emotions that can prime us to kind of feel and act in certain ways when we are thinking about conservation. So emotions that might be labeled as kind of negative, so things like fear and anger and shame, they can narrow our focus. And in a lot of ways, they can maybe help us to respond to immediate threats, but they also might kind of change our perception of risks and end up exhausting people over the long run. And ultimately what we want to do in conservation is like, you know, it seems like we're in this for a while. Um, I don't think we're gonna be solving it tomorrow, even if I wish that we could. And so emotions like hope and love and pride and happiness, what they can do is that they can help broaden and build attention. They can enable things like curiosity, flexibility, creativity, collaboration, and ultimately, that's so important because we are in this as a marathon, not a sprint, and we and we need to be working together. So those are some of the things that positive communication can bring to the table, even as different types of messaging all have their place and might be priming people in different ways and helping them to take different types of action. Yeah, something I think is very interesting in the, the paper that you, uh, you co-authored was there was a point where, as something you mentioned there, of people go through these cycles of sort of, given the nature of conservation, it's very emotional. It's um, mm. it's not just, you know, um, you're sort of in it all the time. It's always happening, especially in my life. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, sort of using it as a network, and it's just a constant stream of just horror, and um, and it can be quite exhausting. <laughs> and and something, something really interesting in your paper was it was showing these actionable methods that people can employ to avoid that exhaustion and, that cycle, because quite often what happens in conservation quite widely is it's quite high turnover um, of people just experiencing burnout. Um, and I was wondering if you talk a little bit to some of the actionable things that someone could do who's really, you know, wants to get involved, but is perhaps is just starting out or doesn't have, you know, a conservation background. What are some actionable things that someone can do to make them feel a little bit better about things that they're kind of part of a bigger whole and they're not sort of isolated on a phone and just at the whims of whatever uh, future could happen if we don't take those bigger uh, actions together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, as you're saying, I think that eco-anxiety is becoming a lot more prevalent uh, in the world, right? Like this, this feeling of anxiety, stress, um, sometimes even depression that can emerge based on the difficulties that we can see that are coming, right? Sort of with the climate crisis, the biodiversity crisis. And I mean, just just to kind of say first, like I, you know, I don't have mental health training or, or anything like that in terms of being able to advise on that front. We did have an episode uh, on our podcast with uh, Caroline Hickman, who is a climate psychologist. And she talked a little bit through eco-anxiety, through some of the sort of 
mental concepts that can be helpful in dealing with it. So I would recommend going to look at that. Um, more generally, I think building a sense of community is really important. And also, I mean, one thing that's big for me is that conservationists can be in lots of different places, right? And like conservation can take so many different shapes. I think that there has been this image of a conservationist as some sort of like explorer field biologist type and it's almost like this idea that that is what being a conservationist is when actually mm -hmm. people can do conservation in so many different ways and you might actually be really uniquely positioned in terms of having a skill set or being part of a community that other conservationists wouldn't be and if you care about conservation and you can bring that to the table and you can make it actionable within that context you might have a huge impact and especially huge because maybe no one else would be doing it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think that's one big thing is is sort of looking at your own context and recognizing the things that you might be able to do there. And so since I don't know what context somebody specific is going to be in, I think it can be hard to say exactly. But yeah, I think in a lot of cases it can be sort of taking those smaller actions that can help to build community, learning about the things that you care about, um, and also just doing general stuff that helps you feel better, right? Like going for a walk, spending some time in nature, um, doing some art. I love doing art. <laughs> uh, so yeah, small, small things like that. But obviously when it becomes an, a bigger issue, then being willing to reach out to a mental health professional or um, build community with in the ways that you can. Lovely. Okay, so moving on to the network itself now, tell us a little bit about sort of the members, the organisations. Um, what is it about these these groups that are working on things that are worth highlighting? And what sort of themes and patterns and relationships do they have um, that makes conservation optimism unique? Yeah, so I think you're talking about the Conservation Now Network. Sorry, okay. yes, yes, sorry, yeah. Conservation Now the network within under conservation optimism yeah. umbrella is that the correct structure I yeah think got that right yeah yeah absolutely so we <laughs> so conservation now stands for conservation network of optimists worldwide and so the idea behind it was just to bring together organizations who had um a similar ethos right like wanting to kind of amplify positive messaging uh think about solutions as well as considering threats and a lot of our initial members were people from that summit, right? Like that first summit who kind of showed up because they were sort of drawn to that concept. Um, and since then we've really, really grown. So I am proud to say that we now have over 170 members within Conservation Now, which is really cool. And, you know, Restore Our Planet is, is a member. And um, it's such a great mix of organizations that I think can really illustrate the fact that there are people who care about conservation who just are all over the planet and who are working on lots of different causes using different skill sets um and yeah a really really great mix of initiatives i mean we have yeah i guess like um in some cases they're kind of academic initiatives they might also be ngos um sort of smaller community groups it's it's really a mix in terms of who makes up the network but a lot of the things that are great about it is that, yeah, it just sort of reflects the importance of using positive messaging, working together. Um, some of the, I suppose, like things that people in the network can do and organizations in the network can do are sort of 
you know, we can amplify messaging. So we as conservation optimism can act as a sort of like central um, node where then we can help to share things that the organizations within the network are doing. So we can amplify their messaging. You know, you can always write a blog post for us. We can amplify stuff on social media. We do training. So we do things like webinars for our members. Um, we share a lot of opportunities. So for example, for the last couple of years, at least we've, we've been uh, nominated for the Earthshot Prize, right? So, so being able to put members of the network up for that, uh, also helping people to connect with other members, um, share opportunities. We send out like regular bulletins, things like that. Uh, yeah. That Fantastic. No, and I, and I just have to say on, from our end of things, being a part of Restore has been a, um, conservation now has been a fantastic resource, just networking and just information and, and so many other things. Um, I'm so glad. Well, of course. Um, thank you. So apart from what I just mentioned there in terms of Restore, what, what other things can members expect to gain from being a part of the network? Um, I suppose it's some of what I was just mentioning in terms of being able to amplify uh, messaging, um, participate in training, um, we'll share whatever opportunities come our way. Uh, and I suppose just, yeah, being able to kind of connect with other members as well and share those opportunities. Okay. Um, so tell me, what does, it's quite a broad question here, but what does the future hold for conservation optimism? So we could think maybe perhaps more long-term and short-term. So for example, over the next couple of years, what exciting things do you have coming up? Um, and how would you like to see, see things in the more, more distant future? Well, I mean, I hope the future holds many great things for conservation <laughs> optimism. Um, I mean, I think in many ways it's so exciting to see that it's already happening. Um, because when I look on social media, when I talk to people, I can see increases in the way that people are talking about conservation, in the way that they're highlighting solutions, in the way that people are working together and sort of trying to find that optimistic way of talking about things and bringing lots of people on board. Uh, I think one of the most important things that we can do is to really help people tell effective stories within conservation and get lots of people on board who maybe otherwise wouldn't initially have been conservationists, right, or wouldn't have been participating in those initiatives. I think that's something that's really important for us. Um, just continuing to build our community really and make it as beneficial for everyone involved as possible. Um, we have our fifth year of the film festival this year, which is amazing to see. Uh, and yeah, I mean, in, in terms of other things we're working on. So one thing we're working on at the moment is a database of successes within conservation. So I'm working with a master's student at the University of Oxford on that. Um, so that will be sort of developing and I'm excited to see where that goes. It's something that we've been working on sort of taking away in the past, but we're really kind of trying to push that forward now. Um, so just to in break general, that down a little bit, how, 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 sorry, how, how broad is that? So literally just any, as many positive things as possible, bring them into when, one centralized. So uh, we've had this or... idea for a while. I mean, I suppose we're, we're kind of figuring out the, the exact format of it at the moment, but the idea is to, yeah, just have a sort of central place where we can collect up some examples of things that have worked and really be able to make them accessible to people so that they can learn from them, right? Um, right and amplify them. So we're going to be doing that. 
and then we yeah I guess just want to see conservationists working together on all of these things and being able to talk about what they do in in inspiring and positive ways brilliant and finally what positive personal message would you like to share with our audience on conservation and being optimistic <laughs> a positive personal message um I think maybe something I I mean it sounds a bit like simple I guess but it's like we all need to be conservationists we all can be conservationists in some way if you care about the environment like yeah you don't have to be climbing up a mountain you can you can be making a difference within the space that you currently exist in and if that's climbing a mountain wonderful if it's not also wonderful um there's so many ways to be making a difference and moving forward so yeah i think that would be my message and then also just to say like no one can do this on their own right or maybe there's somebody who can but in general these things work so much better when we're working together so just a huge thank you to our amazing team of volunteers and funders and everybody who has helped keep conservation optimism going lovely and finally where can people find your work to follow what you're up to so you can sure. find us lots of places uh we have a website which is conservationoptimism.org you can find us on social media so uh our twitter is at conserve optimism our instagram is at conservation optimism we are also present on linkedin facebook most places you want to go we'll be there <laughs> lovely sophia thank you so much for your time thank you so much <laughs>